Nothing's changed about them, except that now they squatted in a pen where they belonged. Jones Henry sneered in contempt. Go on, be scared. Should have shot the whole bash of you when we had the chance. He regarded them down on the ground below, past the sight of his combat boots, where they squatted, stuffing their faces with American rations instead of rice and fish heads. Kissed on the ass is what you got instead. One gaggle even shared puffs on an American cigarette. None looked you in the face. Thought you had so much honor you'd rather kill yourselves than be captured. All bullshit. That's what your Jap lies turned out to be. The prisoner's camp in the heat had its predictable odors of latrine and old sweat and ammonia disinfectant. The stench rose to the guard tower where Jones paced. He'd likely soon have enough of that stink buddied in some snake hole, ducking shells overhead when they invade Japan itself. So you yellow Japs just be glad nobody plans to shoot you, unless you get out of line. Prisoner of war duty at least gave a breather until the big push. Patted on the fucking head, maybe. Jones rubbed the smooth barrel of his piece, but just try to escape with me up here. Out over the hills, past craters and debris. Among tile roof shacks and neat little patches of cultivation lay the blue ocean, slick and hot under the raw sun. Water he wanted nothing to do with. He, who'd once thought water was his only home. Their ratty little boats in harbor wouldn't last through a storm, and they said typhoons blew regular through here. Boats that would never last a day back home in Ketchikan. Jones Henry could show them how to build a boat to catch fish. One of the scarecrows below fastened eyes on him. An officer, probably, since he was one of a small bunch that had been cordoned off by themselves. The only way to tell with their muck-caked uniforms in rags. All bones, like the others. Bugs crawled over his face, and he made no move to squash them. Eyes narrowed more than just sneaky Jap eyes seemed to say, I'm still better than you up there. Jones scowled back and held the gaze. Yeah, fella, look at me, a sergeant in charge of enlisted, in charge now of you, an officer. Still alive, no thanks to you and your people. In a few weeks, I'll be taking fire again from Japs like you. Well, you'll be here all safe, so don't feel too sorry for yourself. Those cooties crawling over your face that you're too lazy or too full of yourself to smash, let them chew their fill. Jones cradled his piece for long enough to light up. He let the cigarette dangle from his mouth while he slapped the stock. Just try to escape, Jap. Give me the excuse. Captain Kiyoshi Tsurafune scorned to crush the lice crawling inside his clothes and across his chin or to groan from the wound he'd patched with grass and mud to stop the bleeding. The wound, now five days old, or six, that ached and sometimes screamed inside the remains of his shirt. To eat their food was disgraceful enough. He'd let the time for honorable death slip away, when he'd lost consciousness, and now he sat waiting for slow dishonor at the barbarian's hands. He glanced around. Others watched him with dead eyes, Soldiers under his command who had survived, lice-caked like himself. He'd failed them. 
had set no example of dying with honor. They, who had heard him day after day shout words of duty from generals and from the emperor himself, he'd warned of the unspeakable tortures that awaited those taken alive, taken in disgrace. And now he, alive among them, awaited the enemy's pleasure. How would he face his father, if he ever survived to return to Sendai? Father might be glad to have a son back home to help direct the family's small fleet of fishing vessels that were out searching for food in the sea that would feed their countrymen during the struggle against American imperialism. But how would father and mother ever again hold up their heads with a son, proudly trained as an officer for the emperor, returned defeated, but still alive?